You're listening to the Big Cast C-Suite Edition, your source for leadership insights and inspiration with John Jan Clays. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of C-Suite Interviews. We have a great show for you today. We're going to interview Gene Pelham. He is the CEO of Rogue Federal Credit Union. And if you were to do any kind of analysis of the credit union industry and you were looking for top performers, you would find that Rogue Credit Union is among the top. For example, in the last five years, the average growth of their membership has always been in the top five uh, core deposits, loans and deposits. You'll find Rogue in the top 10 over the last five years. And after talking with Gene, you real quickly figure out that those results are due in large part to his people-first approach to running the business. We talked about how technology was important, but what's behind technology is people. Gene is a big investor in people, too. We discuss a little bit about his leadership and management approach and school, which is pretty phenomenal and you'll enjoy hearing about. And if you met Gene at a conference or something, you'll find somebody who's really humble, somebody who isn't going to tell you that uh, he's been named uh, among the group of the Credit Union Rising Star Group in the Top 100, that he is the Charlie Clark Award winner at Western CUNA Management School, uh, which is the award given to the distinguished classmate of the senior class. He is a certified credit union executive. He was named CU Professional of the Year for the Northwest Credit Union Association. I met up with Gene in San Diego when we were at the Western State Summit Roundtable. We had a good time talking about the business, Gene's career, and how you find success in managing a credit union. So without further delay, here's my interview with Gene Pelham. Hey, Gene, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, John. I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. Hey, you know what? I got excited about this episode. Your and I's relationship spans, gosh, almost 20, 25 years yeah. now. And to be able to have you join the show and tell us a little bit about your mission as a leader and your credit union is something I've been excited about. So maybe that's a good place to start is tell our listeners about Rogue and, and the mission that you're on there at your credit union. Yeah, I know you, Rogue is a is a $1.4 billion credit union in Southern Oregon. We serve six counties. Uh uh, mainly in that area, uh, have the access to serve the entire state. Mm. But being a rural market with many of the major financial institutions exiting or lose, refocusing away from the market, uh, we've really been able to meet the needs of consumers in that marketplace. And that's mm. really been driven from a decision back in 2008 mm. to focus on creating loyalty with our members. And, mm. and creating loyalty is not always the best prices or the best service. It's a combination of focusing on what's doing right for the member in every case. Mm. And it's paid off tremendously for mm. us. Mm. Uh, if you look at it over the last five years, uh, the fifth fastest growing credit in the country on membership. Mm. So... And yes, there was a merger in there, but but a very small part of that overall number. Well, your your shares are growing too at an exponential rate. When we look at your credit union compared to the national average, I'm forgetting exactly what the number is, but you're again, I think you're in the top ten as far as year over year compounding asset yeah. growth. Yeah, actually, share growth number seven in the country over the last five years mm-hmm. uh, out of out of all the credit unions out there, and that's really that's fortunately uh, for those of us in the business understanding that's that's driven by regular shares and checking accounts as consumers move more and more of their business from large national mm. financial institutions to the local choice because they want the local service option. So what kind of the big players that are leaving the market and tell me how you're capturing that benefit. That doesn't naturally accrue a benefit to you because somebody exits. No. So so who's leaving and then how are, how are you capturing that benefit? Well, you know, Bank of America sold 15 branches in the market space to a, a, a 
commercial bank. Hmm. Uh, that commercial bank really uh, wasn't set up to serve hmm. consumers and has, has learned along the process. Hmm. So that was a catalyst for that. Then that commercial bank merged with a bank outside the area. So once again, it was another catalyst for those Bank of America clients to look elsewhere. Hmm. Um, we have a very strong branch and strong and visible branch footprint and a huge word of mouth. Hmm. Uh, about 90 plus percent of our members joined because someone else in the community told them to. It's fantastic. And so with that happen, when somebody complains about their financial institution, their friends and neighbors say, hey, go to Rogue Credit and they've taken care of me. So when folks join, are they mostly coming to the branch? Is that what's happening? Branch right now, yeah. we yeah. we um, we've actually studied recently. We're we're not very good at our online experience, but we've we've done some things and improved that considerably. Where we were seeing maybe a five percent follow through rate, we've we've uh, doubled that up now. I think to twenty plus percent follow through rate on online. Um, uh, memberships and so on, online lending. We're moving all those up. We've got a long ways to go there. I think that's an interesting topic. You know, you and I were at the, um, well, we are at the round table. And one of the discussions here is about, you know, um, the digital credit union and how fast that has to go. And, and uh, you know, my interest in that is in our profile, we feel like it's, it's now. We have to start moving now. How do you make that decision, Gene, between your brick and mortar and your digital credit union and how fast you have to get to the digital one? And you know your members, right? And you obviously have this calculus right because you're growing exponentially, right? So how do you think about that when you need to start moving on that and working on that? You know, John, I've been talking for 10 years about the transition from a physical delivery system to a mobile or a, or a digital delivery system. And I've always figured that there's within that, I don't know when that 10 year time frame is going to happen. It's going to mm -hmm. happen fairly rapidly. And so mm -hmm. we've just tried to prepare ourselves, understanding that the consumers, and one of the reasons that we're growing mm -hmm. is that the, uh, the local, ins the, the institutions serving the marketplace are abandoning traditional service models mm -hmm. and folks still want those traditional service markets in a rural market like we serve. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to do that. But as we do that, we're, we're introducing digital delivery options, whether it's uh, interactive teller machines, um, uh, extended time on our call centers, chat, those types of things. So we're kind of trying to move both, focus on uh, a greater emphasis on physical um, and, and making sure we're competent on digital. Uh, but we're, it's the focus is shifting. Uh, mm -hmm. This year, you and I have talked a little bit about this in the past, but this year we're really focusing on creating experiences, exceptional experiences, what we call them, that are driven not only by our people, mm. but by process and technology is mm. to make that seamless. You know, you and I saw the number yesterday, 35% <clears throat> of new memberships start in the branch and 91% of them end up there mm. uh, because of the other channels inability to deliver that. I think that's the goal that we want to all be able to do is to give the member the choice, the option where they can best uh, meet their needs. And we're, we're working on being, um, very, very good. Service is our number one priority. It's our number one strategic driver. We're going to be the best in service. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to be very competent and not out of the ball game on digital delivery. So on service, I know you're, you're a, a shop that uses the net promoter score. Mm -hmm. And for you, I've heard you talk about, and I agree, that it's not just the score that we're looking at. It's kind of a, a way of thinking about customer journeys and experiences and things like that. Talk a little bit about how you use Net Promoter Score and how you think about it. Yeah, you know, we, we actually have a vice president of loyalty. Mm. Uh, she works with our staff to help them understand the value of it. She studies our member comments. 
currently 1,500 surveys a month. We get about three to 400 responses hmm. uh, on those surveys. And, and each week I meet with the vice president of member loyalty discussing what the current, hmm. the current temperature of our membership is. Okay. And, uh, you know, what we've learned is from our promoters, the folks that, that rank us the highest that are talking about us with others in the community, they give us the best opportunities to learn hmm. and be better. They're the most critical of our organization and where we're falling. Your down. promoters are. Our promoters are. And can you give us our listeners an example of like, what are some of the, the feedback that they've given that you uh, had to act on? Yeah, but our biggest challenge ongoing, and you know, in a fast paced mm-hmm. organization is ownership yeah. and follow through. Yeah. Is so if we make a promise that we deliver upon the promise, mm-hmm. if we say we're going to make a phone call, mm-hmm. um, if we say we're going to get an answer on a loan, those mm-hmm. types of things, and our promoters identify where we're having weaknesses, we can specifically identify from these surveys, mm-hmm. maybe a particular branch or a particular division that's struggling mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. We usually find it's a staffing issue or a, or a management issue, management's out on vacation, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're able to address that quickly. Mm-hmm. And Oftentimes, I've found that as members reach out to me, it's not answering their question and giving them the answer they want. It's answering their question and listening and letting them know they're heard and that they have a voice in the organization. Members reaching out to you. Yes. Members contact the CEO. Yeah, there's Ask How Gene, do they do that? Okay. Ask Gene at roguecu.org and okay. they reach out to me and, and I answer an email um, anytime. I love to surprise a member on a Saturday night after 10 o'clock when I, yeah. I check my emails before I go to bed and, and they've asked about... Why didn't I get this car loan or my card doesn't work here? I think that is something unique about credit unions. Uh, My phone number is on our website too, my cell phone, you know, and, and folks will call on Saturday and say, I'm so embarrassed. I hate to call you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I said, not at all. I work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy to take the call. Let's what's going on. Let's see what we can do. You know, and most of the time they know I'm going to have to follow through with our experts on the team because, you know, um, I'm, I'm here to support and help, but they're the ones actually make it happen. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. you know, you work closely with Disney. The last thing, the last memory I want our members to have is a road credit union card didn't work at Disneyland and they were without any support. So mm-hmm. if they're at Disneyland and their card doesn't work, they can reach out to me and we can solve their problem if, if that's the case. Now, has that happened a lot? Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's more than anything. It's the availability that I know that my institution and the leadership care about me as an organization, as an individual. Yeah. Um, kind of doubling back a little bit, there, there's something that I think you said there that I, I think it's important to, to, to footnote, and that's when we were talking about technology, you mentioned some technology or digital advancements in the branch, in the brick and mortar. Yeah. So when you think about digital for you, this is not just – it's not just the mobile app. This is digitizing the business and those experiences all the way through brick and mortar too because yeah. that can make those experiences better as well. Yeah. You know, John, I sit on a committee um, – <clears throat> with the CEO of the Bank of the Internet. Mm. And and it really struck me when he sat there and he says, our number one priority is to personalize the digital experience. Mm. And as as I thought about that, I said, I wish I would have said that myself. Mm. But my number one priority as as a CEO at Road Credit Union is to create a digital experience that matches our personal experience. Okay. Is so that the connection is there because we know that we can't win on price or anything else. But if we build mm-hmm. these relationships mm-hmm. that um, that others can't crack through, yeah, and then they can exercise them digitally, it becomes incredibly powerful. And we've seen that through our interactive teller machines. Mm-hmm. We've implemented them in new branch locations and drive ups. And while the drive-up transactions have increased uh, 
exponentially, let's say 25%, yeah. 30%, yeah. Um, what we're seeing is more and more ATM transactions being processed. The members just want to know that there's a person there if they need them. Yeah. But if they don't need them, they they do it remotely. So our cost is down. The the need to add additional um, remote tellers uh, has has really surprised us. And this mm-hmm. hasn't just happened in one location. Mm-hmm. It's happened in multiple locations where we're introducing interactive tele machines. Yeah, I think that's really rewarding in a digital experience. You know, there's people behind there, and they're trained, and they're capable, and they'll override the technology if yeah. they need to to make it a personal experience if that well, needs and to happen. You'll, you'll remember meeting Patty. You'll remember mm-hmm. meeting Lisa. You'll yeah. remember meeting Colton. They're great great people. Yeah. And and so I love it when members come to me and they don't talk about the technology. They talk about Patty or Lisa or Colton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when you know you're winning. You've got you got that alchemy just right. So people are a big part of what we do. Um, I know you're passionate about developing people. Um, I think it'd be interesting for our folks to hear about your leadership management program that you have at Rogue. Tell us a little bit about kind of what preempted the need to put that into place, kind of what's that journey been like, maybe how that program has changed over time. Just kind of talk to us about that. Sure. You know, um, my foundation came, I, I came through a management training program with a, with an Oregon bank and, mm. and always valued that because I went from wanting to be a baseball coach and a history teacher to a CEO, or <laughs> a financial institution. Where does that ever happen? Um, and it was really the foundation of that program that looked at at my my journey in the organization and how I could create value from the very basics of being a drive up teller to being a commercial loan officer. Mm-hmm. And so as we've done that, I found Western Kingdom Management School, which is where you and I met, mm-hmm. um, and saw tremendous value that kind of jump started my career, uh, led to my first uh, CEO job. And I said, what can we do at our organization to be able to do something similar hmm. in Southern Oregon, you know, there are not a lot of other credit unions are not a lot of opportunity to hire trained talent. Yeah. And so we often have to grow our own and we're, hmm. we're actually pretty good at growing our own, hmm. finding really bright young people and, and raising them up. So we created this management program because as we were growing, our, our growth rates have been incredible. We were running out of people qualified to manage our new branches, uh, manage our new operations and our new divisions. And so we use this program to highlight high potential people within the organization Hmm. and then run them through a two-year management training school. Uh, It started with six people. Our growth and our need has has expanded that now we've expanded the classes to 12 people a year. We've put over 50 people through this, only lost four employees from that group during the time. And over 50% of them have received some type of promotion, uh, even up to a market vice president level promotion through their work through this program. Hmm. The great thing about the program is it starts everything from history and philosophy of credit unions where hmm. I sit. I actually take them to a local co-op and help them understand you know, the basics of how co-ops work um, all the way through management, uh, human resources, leadership, personal development. Uh, community service, their summer project between the two years yeah. is they have to execute a community service project that benefits our community within the values of our organization. Yeah. Um, and I lead that class personally. 
We also in, involve them in governmental affairs. In fact, we select an outstanding student from each program. Okay. And that student actually goes with the leadership team and the board to uh, the governmental affairs conference in Washington, D.C. each March. Well, these are rich experiences yeah. folks are getting to be a part of. So if I'm going through that two-year track, Gene, how much time am I spending in a program like that? Uh, one day a month for a full day. Okay. But with each of them, usually it's two classes a day. So you'll have, uh, let's say, leadership in the morning and a credit union simulation where you actually learn how to run your own credit union um, during that time in the afternoon, then you have to spend yeah. time writing a reflection. Okay. Um, and some of the, the um, uh, teachers or the, the um, instructors uh, provide other assignments, but it's really kind of your reflection of what you learned that day. That actually goes into a portfolio mm. that's part of their graduation uh, requirement and actually helps us determine who who the uh, uh, award winner is. Okay, and then do any of those folks go to Western CUNA Management School? Some, some have. Okay. Yes. In fact, we've got uh, two students right now that were in the management school that are now in Western CUNA Management okay. School. Okay. And we, just, pro- we were we were moving so many of our uh, upper leaders through Western CUNA Management School. We we couldn't move these. Now we're moving these folks. Yeah. No, I love these career ladders and, and development opportunities that you're doing for your folks. How have you changed the curriculum over time? It really has has depend. One of the things that we learned that that the students really didn't have project management experience. And so they go to do their community service project uh, and they're running around, you know, with their hair on fire. So yeah. we, we added project management prior to that. Mm. Uh, one of the things that we had kind of scattered ethics throughout various programs and we focused ethics mm. into one particular uh, section of the program. Mm. Uh, so it really, it's a, a, we have a group of folks. Uh, we have an extensive training in what we mm. call employee development department. Um, our executive vice president really owns this process along with our chief administrative officer. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, Gene, you know, I've made a big investment in our credit union and leadership development, but leadership and management are, are two sides of the mm-hmm. same coin. And we're finding we need to kind of double back and work more on just management skills, you know, and but I'd love to bring our HR team up and visit with yours and, and look at your management school. Yeah, we, we would love that. We've, we've, uh, <laughs> Um, we've had other folks in, we've had other credit unions come in, sit through it, especially our uh, financial simulation, uh, that, and actually go through it. Uh, well, that's a, that's a highlight, isn't it? Your uh, financial simulation. It, it really is. We brought uh, Diana Dykstra, who we know for the California yeah. Credit Union League up, and Diana Dykstra and I joined on a team, and, you know, lots of experience, and we yeah. almost we almost <laughs> bankrupted our credit union. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a great experience. So everybody's getting better around you because of what you put into motion with, you know, leadership and management training. How do you keep your skills sharp and keep developing? What are you working on? You know, I I continue to be involved in the credit union movement. I think some of the most uh, opportunities that are greatest for me, I currently sit on the Federal Reserve Committee mm-hmm. uh, with community bank presidents from all over the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opportunity to interact with them and, and see things from a different perspective has really helped sitting on the Western mm-hmm. Kingdom Management School Board, mm-hmm. uh, being involved uh, with some of you know, the largest credit unions in the country, mm-hmm. uh, some of the most diverse credit unions. Those are the ways that I continue to kind of challenge myself to move forward. And I'm just curious. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always yeah. trying to learn something mm-hmm. new about a new project. We spent a lot of time talking about 
agile recently over mm. the last couple of days. Mm. Uh, I've got a, a fellow on my team uh, that has, he's a scrum master. And so, mm. uh, so I'm trying, I'm, I'm learning from him, yeah. which, you know, if you think about that, mm. if your staff know that you have a curiosity and you can, you want to learn from them, mm. they want to learn from you even more too. So that's good. So if I were to look at your iPad or your bookshelf, what are you reading now? I know you're learning from your staff yeah. and learning from experiences and those are rich, but uh, anything that you're reading now that kind of is popping to you saying, yeah, yeah, that's a good read. The the one that really hit me, and it's a little bit older book, but it was brought to us by one of our newer leadership team members mm-hmm. was How the Mighty Fall by Jim Collins. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as we've had considerable success over the last four years, um, hubris is really easy mm-hmm. to to break in to to the psyche and so that was a real nice club upside the head in reading that and looking at it and making sure that we're protecting against some of those things mm-hmm. and continuing to move forward so that's actually been one of the most impactful books i've read recently yeah that is a super book i just saw jim collins at a conference yeah. and he was going through all of his books you know from you know good to great and great by choice and how the mighty fall and saying let's update the research mm-hmm. you know what we're doing and it was really encouraging gene is that um, those fundamentals that he had in there saying still validated, still correlated, you know, so that was, that was really good. Yeah. So the, the whole person that you work on. Um, so great credit union professional, when you're away from the office, what are the things that you like to do? What's fun? You know, how do you re-energize? You know, uh, recently, and I, I don't do it anymore, just time has, has taken up, but I, I, I raced go-karts competitive. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was a great because it was, if you thought about the credit union, it hurt. <laughs> you would run into something or somebody. Uh, so you, you, you were not able to think about the credit union. Plus, you know, I had to think with, I had to use my hands. I had to, yeah. you know, think about a whole different, uh, step of tactical steps to, yeah. to be able to be competitive, but it was fun to go from, you know, barely being able to compete to winning races. Mm-hmm. And so that was, was great. Uh, now I challenge myself by doing things differently. I, I built a custom golf cart. So you say, what's the CEO doing with that? So, yeah. You know, put custom wheels and a lift kit and, yeah. and a rear seat on a golf cart, but it was just something different that challenged my, my brain yeah. to think, think differently. And if I, I enjoy being a CEO. But if I can be the best grandpa there is, you know, Jackson and Lurie, my, my grandson and my granddaughter yeah. are really special. And so yeah. to go to them and see the world through their eyes, yeah. um, just, just is incredible. Well, I bet they love grandpa's golf cart, huh? To crawl yeah. up on that and do that. That's they fun. actually, they actually yeah. do. They like to, that's the first thing they ask is if they can come and go right on the golf cart. So, yeah. Hey, Gene, a lot of the folks who listen to this podcast, cause they, they respond and they give me suggestions on, on how to make this better, um, are young and emerging leaders. You know, they're not quite yet in your job, but they'd like to do your job. What advice would you have for them? What should they be focused on? How should they be thinking about their ascent if they want to try to contribute more you know john i i actually wrote in in my own blog recently that we're we're discrediting oftentimes or or painting with this very broad brush the the millennials and i can tell you the sharpest brightest most um capable leaders that are developing in my organization are millennials that mm. first of all they they want to be part of something bigger than themselves they want they want a purpose in life they want to they want to do something positive and our mission allows them to it's do that. It's a perfect compliment, yeah, isn't it's, it? Yeah. It allows them to yeah. do that. And so I, some of the most trustworthy people, I hear people, you know, kind of question the work ethic and everything. I completely argue with, with that is, 
is focus on being part of something bigger than yourself. This is what I tell any leader is when it becomes bigger than you. Yeah. That's when you start to make a difference, and that's when people do I'm Gene, I am so with you about this discussion with millennials, or pick any other group, right? Yeah. That we are more alike than we're not. Yeah. You know, right? and if your mission is compelling and they're drawn to that mission, game over, right? Yeah. People really lean in, and then you give them opportunities to learn and grow and, and to engage with leaders who are caring about them. And you've got the secret sauce right there, I think. Yeah, well, and, that and I believe it's the same thing from a membership perspective, mm. is we're seeing that millennial age group and our credit union grow because we've, we've identified the purpose, the difference, the community impact mm. um, that being part of our credit union can make. And yeah. so, so then there's something beyond themselves that they want to be part of as they go forward. So you're having so much success at your credit union. We talked about how young people need to be thinking about this. Would you have any advice for your peers, the CEO in the industry, kind of saying, hey, remember, you know, or, or any kind of thoughts about your success that could translate to other leaders? Uh, you know, John, and, and, I, and oftentimes I've been somewhat, I don't know, questioned on my strategies, but it, it, mm. it's always been a people business. Yeah. Uh, you know, the numbers matter. Um, but you can't count all the numbers that count. Mm. And it really is, is if you drive people, give them something to believe in, uh, give them a purpose, the income will follow, the growth will follow, all of those things yeah. will come with it. But when we focus so much on creating this efficiency or reducing this cost or whatever, we take the mind away from how we create income, which is by creating relationships with members that are broader than one or two services. And that stay, right? That yeah. lifetime relationship yeah. and connection and, and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Gene, I've really enjoyed sitting down with you. Maybe before we part, anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Any kind of final thoughts or or anything there for us? I, I think that um, leadership is an opportunity and a duty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that if we've been granted the opportunity to lead others, um, the duty to do that in an ethical way, in a way that's focused on their benefit and value, mm-hmm. and if we can truly stay focused to that, then the organization wins because our members feel it, uh, your customers, yeah. your clients yeah. feel it. And, and then the organization creates a level of success that's self-perpetuating because mm-hmm. when you feel good about what you're doing, you do more of it mm-hmm. and more of it happens. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, it, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination as an organization. You know, a lot of folks can come in and say, well, this is wrong or that's wrong or, or whatever. But we know that if we keep it focused on doing what's right for our staff and for our members, the income has, has come right along with it. Hmm. Well, congratulations, continued success. Thanks for pulling up and sharing some time with us. Um, Gene, I'm learning this is so important that in our industry, we hear from one another about what's working. And and sometimes it's remembering, like you're helping us remember all the fundamentals that your credit union is doing so well. Hey, continued success. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, to our listeners, bye for now. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Big Cast C-Suite with John Janclays. To learn more or connect with John and the CEO Corner, please visit theceocorner.com. And we always welcome you to join in on our conversation. You can connect with the BigCast Network directly by tweeting us at BigFintech, emailing us at info at big-fintech.com, or visiting our website at bigfintechmedia.com. 